0: It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood back for a spooky recording here on Halloween night. It's myself, Taylor Smythe, Banks. It's RDT. Banks is wearing a ref outfit. RDT coming off a trick-or-treat, but then a nod.
1: People with headphones are gonna love that. Yeah, gonna yep. love that. Then I could have really blown
0: it. Yeah, that yeah, that might have sent everyone away from this episode. Um RDT dealing with Dealing with sicknesses, a designated trick-or-treater. Very sad
1: to hear that. Literally, Monday morning, yesterday morning, taking her to school, I was like, man, we haven't been sick, like, she hasn't been sick in a long time. Like, the ultimate announcer's jinx. It was awful. (laughs) Like, could not have jinxed it anywhere. Comes home from daycare with a 101 fever. We're sitting at 101.8 right now, so... Can't wait to get whatever she has. So That's not fun at all.
0: Um, But hopefully everyone had fun with their Halloween weekends, any Halloween plans they had tonight on the day. We are here to chat about some more Baltimore sports. And, guys, the big storyline of the day, uh, uh, trade deadline day in the NFL. Ravens stand pat, don't make a move. A lot of rumors flying around throughout the last 72 hours or so about potential – uh, really, it's more than 72 hours last week or so, I would say, about guys that could potentially come here. Ravens ultimately don't make a move. Um, and uh, y- if you want to go listen to Jake and Spenny's take on that, they recorded a jumbo set with a little bit of a live reaction to it. But, Banks, I'll throw it to you a uh, disappointment about a lack of trade, not disappointed. Uh, what do you, where do you kind of stand on this trade deadline situation? Where it's so funny, like in the NFL, the trade deadline is not really a place where. Historically, things have been done that make a difference really in the in the race for the Super Bowl. And yet some of the consternation amongst Ravens fans was fascinating to me. It's like, wow, well, could they not make a move? It just doesn't necessarily happen. I know Roquan Smith happened, but it doesn't necessarily happen. Yeah, who needs a trade? We're six
2: and two, we're we're flying high, we're playing good football. Um, certainly there are pieces that you could fix, but every team has pieces it could fix. And I think we've been spoiled a little bit with the Marcus Peters trade in 2019, Roquan Smith trade in 2022. Yes, there's been an uptick in activity at the NFL trade deadline and in years past has become a little more in vogue to, to try to do something in the deadline after there were like years and years of like, nobody even blinked when the NFL trade deadline passed, but um there's nothing out there at the, at the right price other than maybe chase young for the third rounder. Like that one was maybe one we could have pulled the trigger on, but um, we've got bodies and Jadavion clownies that have been playing really awesome football. I don't think that that's been highlighted enough in the way that it should. And Owe coming back, you know, it's the same old story with him. With the, I don't even know if we touched on that. Him him chasing uh, Josh Dobbs like 25 yards back and not was, getting the sack on that was, that was, was like bad. vintage. Like, like start the highlight tape with that for him. But, um, yeah, I, there's just – It's just not that sport. People want it to be the NBA free agency day one and want it to be fireworks and all this good stuff. And it's just not a sport where you can just plug and play and acclimate new players in. And, um, you know, a pass rusher is probably the place where something could have happened worthwhile. It didn't come to fruition. Sometimes that happens. It's okay. It's nothing to, to slam the panic button about. I've been like pounding my fists on the table that, we're fine at running back. We could have added a defties for a late round pick, but we didn't need to go out and get a Travis Henry. Like a Josh Jacobs would would probably Travis Henry, a,
0: huh? Did I say
1: <laughs> no, he he was a good Titans running back? Travis Henry
0: was a good running back. Travis he also has oh, yeah. like
1: 12 kids by like nine different women. So yeah, just I,
2: I my flags are downstairs. <laughs> I forgot the flags. Um <laughs> <laughs> I almost said it again. Uh we didn't need Derrick Henry. Josh Jacobs would have been, I don't know, uh a good piece in the room but at the end of the day i'm here for for goddamn roses for gus edwards i feel like we just look past this guy and look to replace him or supplement with him all the time he's a dude he's a bona fide one let him be a one let him eat like he his yards per carry are near the top in nfl history i know there's a lot of context behind that but He's a guy, and he's proven year after year after year. He's had a couple of injuries. He's come back from them, reproving himself. How many times does this guy have to prove himself and put up results before he gets respect like some of these other guys in the league? Drives me nuts. Drives me nuts. We're fine at running back.
0: I think there's no doubt that he also made a little bit of a statement if the Ravens were going back and forth on making a move with the performance he had Sunday as well, where he sort of you know, led the way there. Um, I didn't watch a ton of that game because of my job responsibilities, but just seeing the stat line, you know, that's one where you're like, okay, like we can move on with this guy and, and a few other people around him. Um, I, I agree with you, with your overall theory there. It's a little bit of an ape broke. Don't fix it. If there's someone there for the right price, go get them. I think the, the thing that maybe adds to the stress is that San Francisco went in hard and, and got a guy like Chase Young to go out there. I don't, I don't know what the bears are doing. Trading for Montez Sweat—that is it one of—I the I – mean, no what sense. a robbery for the Commanders to get a second-round pick there. Um, it's gonna be top forty. Let's, let's take
2: a let's take a step back from that. Like, let let's look at the Bears and look at their track record and them just as a tr- as a franchise. They did the nonsense Chase Claypool trade last year. They traded us their best asset last year as well. There's some more context behind that with the contract situation, but they just do loser things and loser football teams for the most part go crazy and try to make things happen when they don't need to happen. that's what the bears are doing. And we're working the way that we work. Why would Uh, we not
0: be behind that? mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, I think I, there was just so much, I think noise around that running back spot. I think people just assumed the move was going to be made. I I never really thought they were going to make a move. Um, It just didn't. It just, it didn't make a ton of sense in a world where like running backs are so interchangeable going out and, giving up a legitimate asset for a rental. Um, And yes, I mean, it's, it stinks because man, the Derrick Henry Lamar Jackson backfield just would have been fun. It would have been ridiculous um, entertaining. I just don't think, you know, we, we talked about the Titan side of it. It's like, you know, the the perception of them trading their franchise player for a fifth or sixth round pick is just something they can't stomach, which is fine. Mm. And I think that the Raiders are just in, in shock that it's gone this poor poorly. Their issues are not really with, I mean, they they need a quarterback, but their issues is that they hired a guy that's just not a head coach, um, and that they're gonna have to get rid of. They've been on the wrong horse there. But um, I like where the Ravens are. I it doesn't annoy me that they didn't make a trade. Um, sure, if they could have found someone for the right price, it would have excited people, but I think they've kind of done their their work franchise building. And I guess we as I said the exact same phrase. At the Orioles trade deadline, sure, maybe we can come back if they lose a division round game and think like, "Oh my gosh, if they had this guy or this guy, maybe it changes things." But I do think they're in a good spot, um, and I think they they feel confident about their group. It, it, it seems to be, and and also sometimes the trade just doesn't materialize. Like they could have been in deep, the variety of different things, and sometimes you just just doesn't happen, and there's nothing they can do. I mean, we Michael Elias sort of hinted at that at the you know when he talked after the. The MLB trade deadline I was like, look, like we got, we got deep on some things. And sometimes trade, tra- the trade just doesn't happen. They go somewhere else or someone offers more or whatever it may be. So,
1: well, and uh, like, again, like Brian, you brought up the chase young and yeah, you know, a lot of people were talking about that. Like, oh my God, only a third round pick. There very well may have been that the, re- the commanders just d- would not trade him. There. You know, like, no, we're not sending our number two overall pick, you know, at 2020 or whatever we're not sending him to Baltimore. Like we're just, you know, to not a, not to be a petty move, but just to be like, no, we're not letting him just go up 95 and and, and sending him there. Like, they, you know, again, it takes two to tango. Like you said, sometimes these trades just may not, may not have come together or maybe, you know, again, maybe the other teams just were like, we're not going to make that move. It doesn't really benefit us. Um, yeah, so it, I wasn't really shocked that the Ravens stood, you know, Pat. I didn't, again, I think everyone wanted the running back because it's the sexy move. Like, oh, yeah, you know, you go get a Henry or you go get this. Um, obviously, fans want it, but it's not Madden. Again, like, you don't just trade these guys to trade them. I think Henry, you know, again, he had the, he would have had to restructure his contract, I think, by 4 o'clock yesterday. And, they, you know, I think Schefter came out and was like, when that didn't happen, um, you know, that that made it much less likely that they were going to move him. And I think he was owed five and a half million dollars going into this week. And yes, he could have eaten, you know, the Titans would have eaten some of that. But I don't know. It just didn't seem to make sense that they were going to make that trade. And Taylor, you talked about it like I and I talked to people about it being like this. Like if I'm Amy Adams, who you know, I'm not sending the second best player that's ever played for the franchise in a future Hall of Famer to a rival for a for a second day pick. It, you know, it, it, yes, he's a free agent at the end of the year, and he's gonna, probably going to walk. But again, the optics of it look look awful. Like you're not going to do that. You're you're you've already got a fractured fan base because the team stinks. Um, you're not going to fracture even more of them by sending Derrick Henry, you know, to again the team that that nobody really likes down there. So I, I I never thought that was really the move unless they got blown away. Unless it was like a second and a four or something like that, which again it would have been a huge overpay, I think, by the Ravens. But. I don't know. It it didn't, again, like we said, we want the trade deadline to be this like big, sexy, like you said, opening day of NFL free agency where it's moves flying. It's not going to be. And I don't think it ever will be. That's just not how NFL, you know, like, like Brian said, loser teams try and make it like a big thing. The bears, the reds, you know, the commander, stuff like that. It's never going to be how like a championship team goes out and like solidifies that, that they're going to, you know, that they're going for it. I also think that's in the draft and free agency.
0: I know the Titans stink. I also think, but but I also think they could look. At this.
1: Does not stink though.
0: Well, this is the thing. After that happens, and then they look. They look at their schedule. I think they think that the wild card isn't totally out of play. Yeah. Like, yeah. and it's if they can get that kind of quarterback play, they go at Steelers at now we're doing a Titans podcast, but at Steelers at Bucks, <laughs> people at, are gonna love it. at Jags, Panthers, Colts. I mean, that's pretty manageable. Like you could you could go like if you go four and one there, you're like right back into it. They probably mm-hmm. won't do that because they do stink, yeah. but you know. Whatever, um, so yeah, I, I think that that the Ravens have you know put themselves in a position where you know they're potentially the class of the AFC um, or among the class of the AFC, and I don't think anything not done on trade deadline day is necessarily going to prevent them from accomplishing their goals. So, I think there's a little bit of an overreaction sometimes when a move is not made. But as you said, RDT, I think you put it right. Like the, the names getting tossed around were sexy names. Josh mm. Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Jason, pass, pass rushers, running backs. It's like, oh my God, that'd be great. You know, if they went out and traded for a guard, I think people were like, oh, okay, whatever.
1: Well, and also, it's not like the, if the Bengals would have gone out and, and added someone, that, then that's when I think Ravens fans would have been like, all right, now we need to make a move. Like, I, again, I think, and we said it for what, like four years running now, like the, the Ravens roster is a Super Bowl roster. Like, I don't think anyone's really, really, you You can't dispute that. And again, the way they're playing, it's like they're are, they're probably the best team in the AFC right now. Could be the best team in the, in the entire NFL because nobody else wants to be good, which is crazy right now. Um but again, like it's not like the Bengals went out and did anything. Everyone else in that division stinks. It, it Joe Burrow is getting he looks much healthier than he did what a month ago, three weeks ago. So if they would have gone out and and added, I don't know, you know, if they would have gotten some secondary piece or, or, you know, added some guys on defense, then I think the Ravens fans would have been right to be like, oh, shit, maybe we should have done something. They didn't. So and and again, I think the Ravens are still fine with their depth and, and you know, with, with the guys they have. So it's again, it, it's, it's never going to be the sexy thing that that the NFL wants it to be. But it's it's, you know, people are still upset about it. But tomorrow, I don't think anyone's going to be like, can't believe we didn't get Saquon or can't believe we didn't get, you know, didn't trade for Jacobs or you know any of those guys so any final thoughts
2: b no i'm just i'm ready to keep it rolling we're playing good football we got some things to clean up but we're trending in the right direction and we got it's, it's gauntlet season coming <laughs> in here the rest of the way there's really no sundays off so there, w-
1: there was no Let's gauntlet last year There there was there was what was it the hate month two years ago
2: yeah hate month was tough Hey, yeah. <laughs> that, one, that, that, one, that one didn't go our way. <laughs> no, that was 2020. I don't know. I don't remember which year it was, but it was a tough one. I think it was 2021 because it was for the revenge on all the 2020 mishappenings.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think you're right. I can't remember, but yeah. And all I know is you, I mean, again, I, I put it out on Twitter. I, I didn't even put two and two together that they're, when the Titans are playing the Steelers that I would drink the cup of coffee with mayonnaise in it if they beat the Steelers on Thursday, live on the podcast. So the viewers are welcome. And I so hope everyone is I'm ready. Like that thing. Yeah, I tweeted that. For this Thursday? Yeah.
2: You will drink a cup of coffee with mayonnaise in it if the Titans beat the Steelers. It's in Pittsburgh, correct?
0: Correct. Yes. yes. Yep.
2: Okay. They're going to do it. So.
0: Yeah, I think they're going to win too. They're, well, just, they're just oh. such a
2: fraudulent football team i cannot state it enough
1: the steelers yeah it's just a matter
2: of if like your offensive line can be can just merely hold it together enough to not have that backbreaking strip sack yeah it's gonna happen yeah. at some point but are you going to recover it are you gonna fall on it is it gonna get you know return for a touchdown it's really what it's gonna come down to just garbage yeah. like that
1: well, and again, we're, so Spenny, I don't know, Taylor, if you saw Spenny said, you know, you should man up and eat a whole jar of mayonnaise. And I said, that's someone on the podcast has literally already done that. So like, we're not, we're yeah, not, Yeah, I mean,
0: I, ate man- I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if he's pre, uh familiar with my prior work, but I literally ate mayonnaise on Twitter live.
1: Someone was like, you need to do like mayonnaise and, and mustard. And I was like, what are we and doing? Let me here? tell you something. Let, let me tell you my- something. It's like all fun
0: and games talking about. It. I didn't obviously eat a full jar of mayonnaise. I was like eating mayonnaise in creative ways <laughs> at a certain point. But I was eating scoops at certain – it's disgusting just to have the scoop with the, the – like legitimately disgusting. Mm-hmm. So trying to get through a jar, I would have died getting through a jar, <laughs> like legitimately died. So I don't I want to
1: skip on your on – your, in, in No,
0: your, do whatever you uh, want. I'll never do it again. I will
1: never do it again. Ever. How did that sit? It was fine. Yeah. No, what did you eat no, for dinner I didn't that feel, night? Like did I didn't you go feel, home and have something like light? You can't like put Chipotle on top of that or something. Well, we
0: flew back and they just like oh. give you –
1: Oh, I we, can't
0: they, imagine. So it's a it's a, it, it's a charter so it's not like you're like going through security and like, like you're just walking yeah. on into the plane. But um nice. and they're just giving you food the whole time cuz they're giving all the players food. I actually got back and went to mum's in Fed Hill when I got back from <laughs> the flight. Um mm. so but it it's that okay. I didn't feel great like right after the game but we were like the vibes were flowing so it was sort of just like um that was preventing me baby from feeling worse then I would have, but
1: I I, I can't I, wait to why I,
0: I agree with, with Brian. I think that this, the Titans are going to win this game. I think the Steelers are fraudulent. You know, who else I think is fraudulent the Seahawks who the Ravens are about to play this Sunday.
1: That, that's going to be so cool much. I think it's going to be. And again, they talked about it on the jumbo set. I'm sure I would hope so. Um, I think it's going to be like a similar to the lions game where I think they're going to come in being like, this could be, this could be a good game. And then it's like, it's 21 to 7 going into the into the second quarter or something like well, that. Well, it's that's NFC, NFC Lamar. So yeah, that. that's
0: NFC what Lamar. Not, not it only is NFC Lamar, it's a Seahawks team that has beaten Detroit. So that's their most impressive one. We just saw what the Ravens did to Detroit. And then other than that, this schedule is terrible. Lost to LA week one, beat the Panthers by 10 in week three, beat the terrible Giants in week four by week, lost to Cincy. Beat Arizona by ten at home. Beat Cleveland by four at home. I, there's just not a lot convincing there. Mm-hmm. So, I think the Ravens will. You know, this is famous last words because the NFL never works out how it's supposed to. Um, I think the Ravens are going to kind of do what
1: they want this weekend. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, it is going to be fun watching DK versus like versus the Ravens secondary.
0: Well, DK is hurt every week. That's I true. Mean, if you have him on fantasy, he's got the he's got the the designation next to him every week. I mean, he is just I don't know. He, he he's, he's
2: we have to be the most physical secondary in the league. I think if anyone's going to be able to kind of handle what he brings to the table, it's going to be us.
1: Mm-hmm. So should be it should be a fun one though because again they play. I yeah. this seems like a team where again it's like I always try and think of like. Like I could not think of the the Browns playing the Seahawks any other time other than last weekend, and the only two times I can remember the Ravens playing the Seahawks are the Marcus Peters revenge game, and then the um the the big comeback that the Ravens had in like what is that two thousand four or something like that. Like
0: yeah, I also just think, you know, this Geno Smith Renaissance is a really nice story, and you have to like respect the fact that he got. that career easily could have just gone off the wayside and he got a big contract. Mm -hmm. He's just not winning this game. I just don't think like it never made any sense to me. They would commit to him long-term because I just don't see how he ever wins you this kind of game. Um, And like I said, I could be totally wrong, but like they've got San Francisco two more times. They've got Philly at home. I just think, I think they are going, I think they have maybe reached the peak and they're now going to descend a little bit as they go. They're at Dallas and they have a tough schedule. They go at one point they go, Home for San Francisco at Dallas, at San Francisco, home for Philly. That's a tough four games.
1: I think, on part of my take going into last week, Big Cat talked about wanting to place a future on the Seahawks winning the division and the 49ers getting the wild card, but the 49ers winning the Super Bowl. He wanted to like try and parlay all those and he couldn't. But then he he looked at the schedule and was like, oh, never mind. This schedule is like the schedule from hell. Like, this is, this is all. Yeah, they have a tough schedule. So.
0: Yeah. Um, we will have a Ravens preview coming out later in the week, but figured we'd touch on it briefly. One o'clock um, <laughs> CBS's best game and one of the all time bad slates. I think I've ever seen for a oh, Sunday network. Awful. Just terrible.
2: The overall week slate is awesome though. Like the Germany game is as good Germany international game. As game. been. Um, Sunday night is Bengals bills.
0: Should be good. We'll run through it because we're just we're just kind of doing that right now on this show. Uh Thursdays, Tennessee, Pittsburgh. We already talked about that. Miami, Kansas City is the game in Frankfurt. Uh Minnesota at Atlanta. Eh. Arizona at Cleveland. Eh. LA at Green Bay. Oh my God. Commanders at Patriots. It's wonderful. Wonderfully poised yes. <laughs> to be Did out of the game. Did you see? Oh I, my I, goodness.
1: I like seeing some of the Boston media today being like. Uh, confirming source, um, nobody called the Patriots about Mac Jones. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay, good. like, thank God. The the
0: slate is good because you have anchor games. I mean, at one, Ravens-Seattle is a game between two teams that are really good. You have the morning game that's good. You have 4 o'clock Dallas-Philly, which is fantastic. You have Buffalo-Sincy on Sunday night. And then the Chargers-Jets is kind of a ridiculous Monday night game where anything involving the Jets is just worth the price of admission because of how how weird they are. Um, But, yeah, it's pretty good. There's also some bad games. Like Chicago-New Orleans is a really bad game. Mm. Um Tampa-Houston's not a very good game.
1: Tampa-Houston. The
0: worst th- these might be the two worst teams in football. The Giants and the and the Raiders play this weekend. The the Raiders are so bad. So I, so so bad. Watching
1: Jimmy G on Monday night, I, I mean number 1, he was getting murdered. I thought he tore his ACL on that hit in the end zone. And then just watching the like body language of everyone on that team as he overthrew Devontae Adams every single time. Devontae
0: Adams has got to be losing his mind. Like talk I, about I, a tough situation. I
1: tweeted it last night and was like, you know, Devontae Adams leaves Green Bay, maybe You know, that was that was weird with them, but he leaves Green Bay. He goes to Oakland, he goes to Vegas with his best friend, Derek Carr. His best friend gets cut, signs with the Saints, and now he's stuck with Jimmy G. I mean, it's that's a tough that's tough for him because again that that team is going nowhere like you said mcdaniels is a dead duck that guy sucks he yeah, that, he doesn't know what he's doing he we talk about over their head like he's in way over his head he's just right, yeah
0: that's the perfect way to put it perfect no
1: control it. no nothing on that team so hard to feel bad for a guy like Devonte adams he doesn't seem like a bad guy like you're not a dickhead or anything like that but man that is that's that's rough. There let's
0: do a quick uh let's do a quick orioles discussion here try to get some just orioles talking week to week as we do the show as we head towards the offseason uh world series game uh, uh a laugher tonight uh as the as the rangers have taken full control and rightfully so they've clearly been the best team in the playoffs um jim Bowden of the athletic did his top 40 free agents rdt you tweeted the common theme with his ones that were a best fit for the orioles were all pitchers um so we will go around the horn here. Of these guys, who would you, if you were the Orioles, go with? This is You have them listed from highest ranked on the list to lowest ranked. I, just, in your, in your I went grade. right
1: down the list, and I was reading the top 40, and whoever the Orioles were, it, were whoever they were mentioned under, I, I wrote their name down.
0: Jordan Montgomery,
1: Aaron Nola,
0: Sonny Gray, Eduardo Rodriguez, Lucas Giolito, Andrew Heaney. And Kyle Gibson and to put this in some context before we give our answers he has a potential Montgomery contract at five years 127 million and a potential Gibson contract at one year 8 million with incentives so we are in the full range of what you want to do for starting pitching help so RDT of those guys who would you who would you take based on obviously what they can contribute but also taking into account the money and the years and all those different things
1: uh, realistically i think a guy like i think a Sonny gray and i think an eduardo rodriguez and someone like lucas giolito would fit in that like again giolito had a bad year he got traded he was on like three different teams um he was he was really bad i think he was like the first player since like 1840 to give up eight earned runs in a game for three different teams in a season which seems that's a, that's incredible What's that like what is yeah, it's it's not eighteen, whatever I said, but it's like the first guy in X amount since the Richmond, you know, go getters or something like that. Um, but I think guys like Nolan Montgomery are priced out of their range. Um, I think Sonny Gray is a perfect kind of fit for them. Eduardo Rodriguez made a lot of sense. That that name was kind of floated at the deadline, and and he obviously turned down, which again is one of the weirder things that wasn't really talked about. Eduardo Rodriguez turning down getting traded to the Dodgers to stay in uh, Detroit. Um, I would love to have him back, and then a guy like Lucas Giolito, I think, is someone who the Orioles could throw into their pitching lab and mess around with with an arm slot or something mechanical, and and see if they can kind of fix him. But th- those are the three guys that I'm kind of really looking at. It wouldn't shock me if they brought back Kyle Gibson. I don't think they will. Um, but again, if it's like you know, if it's I don't know. I mean, he could be a guy that they can stash, and if he's fine with going in, down to AAA for you know, and just kind of hanging out and getting a paycheck and. If they need an arm, they can they can call him up. Um, but those are kind of the guys that I'm I'm looking at. The Sonny Gray, Eduardo, and Giolito. Cause I, I don't think Nola is is, is is realistic. And same thing with Montgomery. Montgomery's probably made himself ninety million dollars this postseason alone. Agreed. Like he's been he's been awesome. So and yes, same thing with great. Nola. Nola's the trade. Nola, Nola had, had had some I think a tough start. I think the last I think in the NLCS. Yes. But other than that, he was he's been pretty, he's been a fucking dog for the Phillies. So
0: Gray, the contract prediction is three years, 64. Rodriguez, the contract prediction is five for 90. And Giolito, the contract position eh, – prediction, excuse me, is two for 24.
1: Mm-hmm. And again, that's um, why I think just looking at that number, the two for 24, it's like, oh, I can see the Orioles, again, doing something like that. And, and, trying and to stomaching make
0: it not committing long-term money. Yeah. 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 Uh, Banks, where do you fall in this discussion?
1: Um,
2: I think Eric's pretty spot on in terms of if – if we're talking about realistic moves – um it's that Montgomery, like the Montgomery and Nola are just they're just not in the picture. Um would like would like to lean towards a left-handed pitcher here. I think mm-hmm. the rotation could use one, um, which makes Montgomery like the the pie in the sky guy, but um I do kind of tend to shy away from like that guy that just has a great postseason, but realistically is not going to repeat some of those successes. I mean, he's been consistent over the last couple of years, but it seems like Eduardo um, Eduardo, is like right in that middle ground where he's somewhat affordable at that five for 90 number. Um, you know Whether or not that number actually lands there or not, we'll see. Um, 30 years old, you'd sign him up for, you know, into his mid thirties. And, um, you know, he's like, I guess he's a known entity somewhat. Um, and then uh, Giolito for that two for 24 just sounds like that bargain bin type of deal two for 24 would be a steal for for what he's capable of and Mm -hmm. um, you have to like the way that our um, organization has turned around some arms in recent years like somehow we became maybe a haven for reclamation projects which is just so unheard of it's such a weird thing for us to say here in Baltimore but um, maybe that makes sense and maybe this is that that pivotal point where I know I hate myself for saying it, but maybe the wall, maybe this is where it finally comes to have some some real dividends. I'm
0: I don't know. The good side. I think I think you make a great point about the idea of like the bargain sort of shopping type of deal. And that's where G Lito, if that's actually what he ends up going for, that just seems like something they would do at this point if they still don't really if there's it, two facets. One they feel like they need to keep their longer term money invested in some of their younger stars and don't want to go into free agency and commit to a pitcher that maybe, maybe then during the season they go trade for one to make a run as opposed to like going and getting Jordan Montgomery for five years and committing $170 million. I think you guys are both spot on there. I think like not only does that move not make sense for what the Orioles habitually do, but I also think his price is extremely inflated based on Mm -hmm his last three and a half months of performance, which I don't think is a reason you sign a guy to five years for that many. I mean, Nola is a proven commodity over the course of a number of years and I think would be awesome to have, but it just doesn't feel like they'll do that. I think the Giolito one makes the most sense of the guys in this list. I don't really know. I agree. I don't like they could bring back Kyle Gibson. I don't think that moves the needle at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Heaney's on this list for the yeah. Orioles as well as a left-handed pitcher. I, he's not that, that overly impressive. I think you're just, signing him you're essentially doing the exact same thing you've done the last few years with the starting pitching they've gone and gotten i think giolito is like an upgrade from those guys but also not the price commitment that the orioles is not over the price commitment the orioles seem to be willing to make when they go into free agency but we'll see maybe it will truly be a liftoff and they do go get a guy like rodriguez and commit some more dollars and and years to him but ultimately i think i think their quality of pitcher they can actually to go get one is actually probably through a trade and maybe they go get somebody that's already signed a little longer term through trade than Mm -hmm. actually going in the open market where pitching prices get inflated and trying to go fight with a bunch of teams that need pitching and um, have maybe bigger pocketbooks that they're willing to put their hands into.
1: I would, I would definitely see, I could see them circling back to the white Sox and re and trying to just re kind of go at a cease trade again, not including you know the rumor was Jackson. You know that that was a big thing at the deadline. That was never confirmed by anyone. Like, oh, they, they, the the White Sox wanted Jackson Holiday. Everyone wants Jackson Holiday, of course. But like, there was the whole like they're gonna. You know that's all they wanted. Um, I could see them. They're not.
0: I, and they're not trading Jackson Holiday. I don't even know why that oh. was a story because the oh. Orioles are not trading him, so it doesn't even not, matter.
1: <laughs> no, and it, it was it was interesting too on Bowden's list. Um, our good old friend Jack Flaherty was also on the list, and the Orioles were not one of the teams included. Not again, not that it matters. I don't think anybody really wants him back. Um, but he did you guys see his Instagram tonight? It was very like kind of like sixteen year old girl who just got broken up with, like uh away message. It's like pictures from the season and it says, Wasn't good enough, simple as that. I'm not okay with it, but I'll move forward. We reset, we reload, unfinished. That's what it said. <laughs> kind of
0: that's a, yeah. I, I would characterize that more as like a, an athlete putting stuff out to, as just like a hey, here's how I feel about my situation. Like I'm not yeah. satisfied with myself. I'm gonna go put the work. And I don't know if that, I don't know if that indicates much of like what discussions have with you, or else maybe it does. But oh, I. Oh no know.
1: no I, no! I didn't think it was something like that. It wasn't like a subliminal message. Oh, okay, yeah, it yeah. was just. A, I just was like, this is kind of like a weird, like yeah. yeah I'm. I, I mean, he can't be
0: happy. He's cost himself money.
1: I mean that. I mean that's
0: He's cost himself a ton of money. I'm sure he's got to be, you know, he might be a guy that like signs a one-year deal.
1: Yeah, I think that's what, I think that's what Bowden had him as like a one-year, $10 million deal or something like that. Again, yeah, he's that was
0: still young enough to have a great year and get mm-hmm. a really good long-term deal.
1: Yeah. And, and again, he was kind of, I remember going into the playoffs being like, like Flaherty can make himself a lot of money this postseason. If he comes in, you know, in one of these relief games and and pitches re- really well, it keeps him in a game. And obviously he just never, he, I mean, he came in the one game. He just never really had the chance to, but it almost like a Jordan Montgomery where it's like, this guy can make himself a lot of money this postseason. He just never got the shot to the Orioles never did. So
0: me and Jim on the same page, he'll probably have to sign a one year quote unquote pillow contract with incentives and hope he can rediscover his old form and then go back to the free agent market next offseason. So mm-hmm. there you have it. Um, but yeah, I, I saw your tweet earlier already. I was like, this will be, this will be kind of interesting to discuss. Um, I do think you're right to finish it, close it on this. I do think they could bring back Kyle Gibson. I don't think that would be like totally yeah, surprise. Right.
1: And again, that's a guy who they could, they could bring him, bring him back. And then again, say at the end of spring training, DL Hall, you know, makes, makes the rotation out of, out of camp. Um, something like that, or a guy, you know, like Cade Povich or someone like that ends up coming up and, 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 you know, getting, getting in the rotation, they can always trade him. You know, I'm sure there's a team that they can unload him to and, Again, a team-friendly contract, a veteran who's been there. You you need those guys, so it's it wouldn't wouldn't shock me at all. Again, people are gonna people are gonna piss and moan if they do do it and be like, oh, there goes Elias, doesn't know what he's doing. Um, but I, I could definitely see them just kind of being like, hey man, come back, and if we can move you, we'll move you. But but here, eight million, nine million bucks, something like that. So
0: yep, for sure, for sure, and that stuff will obviously all ramp up in the next three or four months as as the baseball offseason gets going and we shall see how the Orioles handle being in this position. It's going to be very, very interesting, as we talked about in some of the um, the recap pods after the season ended of how they try to handle the offseason. Uh, mm-hmm. And these lists will certainly drive discussion in terms of targets and fans wish lists and things like that. Um, let's get to our starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. You get 20% off um, your Fed Thrill sunglasses using the promo code EXIT52. Um, love our love our friends at fed thrill they do a wonderful job and so go buy their products um to although let me tell you what's gotten cold today fellas it was dreary and cold today so
2: yeah this is that time of year where every time we do the
0: ad read i say this is the
2: time of year when you're commuting the sun is right in your eyeballs you're and bad. you just got to protect the eyeballs and then you get the uh like the frosty windshield that's in the mix that just brightens it even worse so Make sure you protect your eyeballs. and Make sure you're seeing what you're able to out there. Get your Fed Thrill sunnies.
0: And it's surely going to have some more cold tailgating days. You're going to be outside, but the sun. Is oh still out.
2: yeah, three home games in 11 days. I think is the the rundown there. Wow. So yeah.
0: So get your Fed Thrill sunglasses. FedThrill.com. Promo code EXIT52 for 20% at checkout. Um, go buy some today. Uh, as we talked about at the top of the show, Halloween night as we record. There you have it. Um, We are going to do top five scariest athletes. Top five scariest athletes. I think this can be taken in a couple of different ways. So we'll see how um, the three of us decide to do this. Uh, I'm randomizing the order right now. Um, RDT, you have the first pick. um, Banks, you have the second pick. And I have the third pick in this year draft. So RDT, who came up with this today. Athlete gets to be the tone setter of the draft. Um, 35 draft presented by Fed Thrill. Scariest athletes. Already Mm -hmm. seen, you can take it away as I write
1: down uh the stuff here. Um, bum bum. I am gonna go. That's not the right list. I'm going Mike Tyson. I don't really know what needs what, what else needs to be said. Um, a terrifying man, it seems like. Personally, he seems like a nice guy, but publicly I guess you know his persona is not the best um in the ring he just seems like an absolute animal and again obviously we're all I remember some Tyson fights I remember him biting Holyfield's ear but like I don't remember the heyday of Mike tyson being like that's the baddest man on the planet but my you know my dad has told me plenty of times there's plenty of um good boxing clips and stuff like that on YouTube that you can watch um he was a bad man he was a bad bad man and and just a scary motherfucker so I, I, think he's a pretty easy one, one um, kind of any way that you want to, you want to let this draft unfold. I, I think he's mm-hmm. a, he's a clear cut. Number one, I
2: I want your heart. I want to eat your children.
1: Yeah. Stuff like that, you know, going to jail for rape and things like that as well. Fall oh, into that. But again, I mean, the guy, the guys kind of checked all the boxes for, for being like the bad guy, the scary guy. So and yeah. then has
0: subsequently become a
1: like, like a sympathetic almost teddy bear
0: type figure in his later years. Very true. It's well, again, uh, like one of the all time story arcs of anyone that's ever, um, because his he, entire public persona was bi- built around him being scary, mm-hmm. and then there were all these sort of reports about how behind the scenes he was very uncomfortable with the fame and and sort of a soft spoken guy, and then you know, obviously the criminal charges and things like that, too. It's a very His is a fascinating story that there's been a couple documentaries on it. I think at some point there will be like the really definitive, definitive Tyson documentary, but, Mm -hmm. or book. So Well,
1: and also like, you remember like he had his daughter, his daughter died. I think she got like, she was like, she choked to death on like a treadmill. The like cord got wrapped around her neck and like, he became like a very, I don't know, like, like, I I don't I don't know. It, it was really weird again. He's had some sad stuff happen happen to him, but I mean, back in the day, it just seemed like he was yeah, the, yeah. the baddest
0: the the originator of the phrase "the baddest man on the planet."
1: Yeah, so I so. think that fits.
0: Uh, Banks, you the second pick.
2: Um, I'm gonna make sure that I take this one away from Eric because he's gonna want to cash in on it I gotta take Ray Lewis um and he stands out as, as a second overall pick and, on his own merit um, one of the biggest baddest linebackers to ever play the game um remember that time he picked up the first down line and moved it backwards that was pretty sweet huh? commercial was so good, so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean he he was the face of
0: the hit stick yeah. Which, they introduced I the mean, hit I, stick with the with Madden five or whatever. When he yeah, was he
2: he was basically the entire brand of that. So um, yeah, Ray Lewis, easy pick, Killer good pick.
0: pick. Yeah, very very good pick. So I have two here. Um, I have one that I definitely want to pick, but I want to try to. I'll I'll get Brock Lesnar out of the way and take him here. Um, You know, obviously the wrestling stuff is all there, but you know, a bad dude in MMA for for a bit of time and just one of the scariest physiques, like giant freak athletic human beings that's ever been out there. A guy that was an NCAA division one wrestling champion, won the UFC heavyweight championship. Obviously he's done all the WWE stuff. Also tried out for the NFL and was gonna like make the Vikings if he like knew how to play football. Um, like they said he was like had all the NFL athleticism, he just didn't know what he was doing. Mm -hmm. So um I'll take Brock. Tattoo. Shout out well. to our good friend. Shout out to our good friend Brian Gibbons, who's a gigantic Brock Lesnar fan. Less of a song, more of a moment. Um I will take him first and then Wow, that's like an issue. Interesting... I I I was not gonna pick this person.
1: Mm. Mm. Ah, who
0: do I want here? I'll take Tanya Harding.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're not taking Jeff Galooli, but rather Tanya Harding. Rather
2: Tanya, yeah, I'm t- yeah. Well, Jeff uh, Galooli—that's so an all-time name, by the way. It is. That, an
1: all-time that's a fantasy fuck boy. Tanya. Like. I'm walking. Tanya Harding. Through. Scary
0: celebrity boxing. Mm. Dominating figure skaters. I'll take Tanya. Yeah. Okay,
2: thats didn't expect that one, but no, it's, it's no I pick.
0: had her she was it was, out of on, my it was on a list, and I was just like, this is kind of an interesting pick. Hmm. Huh, like this is what happens when I shoot from the hip. I don't know what I'm doing
1: hmm.
2: so that's what we got Thanks. on your heart. <laughs> i I am gonna take Randy Johnson specifically in little Big League. just a badass motherfucker when he comes in out of the bullpen in that game, that's a moment. that's a moment right there. And uh, I mean the long the long hair, the sidearm, just like he you can appreciate somebody who does something a little differently than everybody else, and it just is better, you know. There's the sidearm, six foot ten, like he's just a unique specimen. And mm-hmm. uh he he looked something serious, like he really embodied like badass picture of the 90s. Because there were some there were some great pitchers in that era, but they did not have the aura, the intimidating, you know, posture out there. Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, you know, I, other than maybe Clemens is in is in mm-hmm. the bucket with Randy Johnson, but um, yeah, just imposing out there.
1: And Randy never seemed like an asshole. Like he's not like a mean person. Like Roger Clemens always seemed like a mean person, probably because he threw the bat at Mike Piazza. But yeah, like like. Randy Johnson is scary because like he's just the most intimidating person to ever stand on a on a mound, I think. Like that's I had him, I think, listed second or third. So yeah, that's a that's a very good one. But um, Little Big League, especially. Yes. Yeah, sure. Sure. Well dear. again, they, they didn't they well that and, um wasn't that the one where they made um Ken Griffey look like an asshole too? Or was that oh, they um, made him look awesome, really. No, but remember, he like came up with like the bad guy music behind him and like he he's had the like, swaggering
2: up to the plate.
1: About him, I always thought they made him out to be like a jerk, like he was the bad kind
2: guy. of, like kind of, like, but also at the same time, like with a degree of reverence, like this is just the baddest dude on the planet,
1: yeah, yeah. Like, and then he gets, just, yeah, then he gets picked off by the, but then I mean, he also
2: robs the home run, so yeah.
1: But that security guard did a great job of selling the... Uh, that was a great sell. That was a perfect sell job by the security guard, lifting yeah, okay. up the stool and everything. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go Albert Bell. And 90% of it is just because of the clip of him absolutely sending Fernando Vina to the moon on that, on that should have been double play. Um, no doubt about it, Fernando Vina had a concussion there. Like pretty sure his head bounced off the, yeah. the turf just like it was a basketball and he just i give fernando a lot of props too because he got right up and was like yeah i'm good not he was not good um, no he,
2: he, he was so roughed up by that that he was just yeah i'm on my feet i'm okay you're not yeah. okay dude he's not, not okay,
1: okay. <laughs> if it not okay. Was football he would have walked into the other huddle being like yeah i'm good yeah. i'm good like no you gotta go like over there <laughs> um but yeah i mean he was just a bad again just a bad dude he was massive and then the clip of him getting hit in the, uh, the Orioles when they're wearing the turn back the clock uniforms and he gets hit <laughs> yeah. and he had the two home runs and he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going. And they're like, you know, all we want to do is hit a third home run. And the ump is like, you have to go. And Ray Miller's the manager. And he comes out and, and he's like, no, I, I'm not going to first base. I'm not getting hit by a pitch. I'm, I'm hitting a home run. Like, he also had the guy. Remember, he got the bats confiscated for like corking them or something. He got bats taken away, and he had a teammate crawl up through the the, the ceiling into the umpire's clubhouse to get the bats back. Like, you don't have a choice. If Albert Bell's like, "Hey, you're gonna climb up through the ceiling tiles and get my bats back," you're like, "You're damn right, I am." Um, again, just not not a very nice person. It seemed. Um, he's also the first Oriole that I remember openly booing. Like being at a game when I was like. I guess he was what, 2000. So I was like 11 or 12 and hearing people boo him. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, and I think someone next to me was like, yeah, we don't like him. And I was like, all right, I can, I can mm. do this. And I started booing him. That was the first Oriole I ever remember booing. Um, but yeah, Joey, Joey, Joey Albert Bell or Albert Joey Bell. I don't think he liked being called Joey, but, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's my, my second pick. And then, um, let me see. I am going to take with this one. I'm going to take Mike Vick. Just scary in and, and a whole other sense of the word. Like again, I mean the 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 run versus the Vikings. Anytime I mean it's almost it's kind of like a guy in the league now. It's just like anytime the ball is in his hands, you're like, oh shit. Like he could juke all 11 of us and break all our ankles and and then just run this in from 70 yards out. And he did that on that Vikings one. Um Again, if we're going to talk commercials, I mean the Michael Vick experience commercials an all time commercial. Fantastic shoes too, awesome shoes. Love those um, shoes. He was just mm-hmm. terrifying, terrifying when he had the ball in his hands. So I think scary for defenses and and until Dallas Thomas broke his leg that preseason game. Wasn't it a right. That was right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He was halodinado
2: with Robert Griffin.
1: Yes. Yes. That was. Oh. Yeah yeah, preseason 2004, I think it was, that was a Madden cover curse again, but, um, yeah, Mike Vick, super scary. Thanks.
2: Uh, Nolan Ryan, I'm taking another picture. I got to have Nolan Ryan. He, uh, I mean, the Robin Ventura headlock is one of the greatest photos ever taken. Um, another example of a guy who was just built different in his era, like just strikeout numbers at the wazoo. Um, Uh, there's also some absurd statistics about his lack of run support where if he like in games that he had quality starts if he just got some decent run support he would have 120 more wins or something crazy um but yeah he he and just the fact that he pitched as long as he did he's just you you just look at that and the numbers he put up the longevity and you're like that guy's just not a human like I just cannot possibly fuck with that guy.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it wasn't like Ventura was like twenty three when that fight happened. I have no idea, and
2: but I think I he, know. I think he was like a
1: super, like he was like a super young, like athletic guy, and and no one was like thirty nine or something like that, and it's like you just don't see a young stud athlete getting his brains popped in by an old guy like that. It's like, just that strength. Yeah, uh, that's it. Really is. It really, really is. Um,
0: I'm gonna. T- I'm just gonna go off the rails because I already went off the rails. I'm gonna take uh, Terry Tate off as linebacker. I mean, Ooh. if that guy, that guy coming around the corner, um, as scary as they come, and in the same fictional vein, I'm gonna take Ivan Drago.
1: Okay.
0: I don't mean, yeah. literally. I I literally
1: had
2: written on the draft card. I didn't think that was okay.
0: Literally killed a guy. <laughs> literally killed somebody. Yeah,
2: so. he did. So. And he and he did not
0: even blink about it. Nope. Nope. If he dies, he dies. By the way, the Terry Tate office linebacker commercials are some of the all-time best.
1: Just so good. Just so good. Kill the so Joe. Good. You make some mo. You make some mo. Hey Janice. <laughs> That's the best part. Hey Janice. Uh banks.
2: Guy, you rattled those off so quick that I'm I'm kind of reeling here. I can
0: keep you want me to keep talking about him? I can if you need time. Uh no, I can handle it.
2: Um I think I think Ovi's gotta be taken here. I gotta take Ovi. Um just another example of a specimen that you just look at what he does and the fact that he has not been broken, it just doesn't make any sense. Um he's just a freight train coming down the tracks. When he's got your eye, his eyes set on you, and then of course you just see him in his office, and that puck comes his way, and you just know it's going to be absolutely hammered. Um, that's scary in itself for anyone involved.
0: No arguments here.
1: Yeah. Yep. Dominating. Not much. Nailed it. Not much to expand on. RDT. Um. Bu- bu- I am going to take. Let me take Kimbo Slice.
0: Mm, Almost you, thought, you
1: talk about just a monster. I mean, there was nothing scarier than seeing his videos on, like, eBomb's World or whatever website it was, bomb fights or whatever. Um, the one fight where he, he fought that guy, and the guy's like, I, he cut him right here, and his eyebrow was, like, hanging underneath of his eyeball. It was just like, this guy is insane. Um, and again, like he, he was just the backyard street boxer and he eventually got into a little, it was like, what, how many fights did he have in the UFC? It wasn't many. It was like less than eight or something like that. Like not a lot of fights. And then obviously he died. He died what? Probably five or six years ago. Yeah.
0: yeah. Weird. So so, yeah, like yeah. Yeah. Very tragic stuff. For the yeah. Was, he also got a Very. He also, his late MMA fights were. Bad. Really sloppy and sad, and he was like yeah. very out of shape. It was sort of like not like necessarily very out of shape, but like he's was clearly washed, and they kind of had him out. Who, what was the guy's name that he fought? It, it was like almost like I thought both guys were gonna like die in the ring. It was, yeah. um, uh, what was that guy's name? Um, Dada 5000 in two, <laughs> 2016, whereas that was like another Street Fighter, and they just like. It was just like a sloppy
1: thing, and then he died like five months later. He fought. Yeah, it was, was very his like his rise to fame and death were very like it was it was a very short period of time window. It,
0: it is a crazy rise. He was like a street fighter. I, I need to find this this rating. One of his fights on, I don't, I won't, well, I might not be able to find it here. Maybe I'll find it as we continue to talk. Like the ratings on CBS when he fought. Were like the viewership was like insane, like it was like in like six million six million viewers, um, for when he fought on the Ultimate Fighter. That's on Spike TV. Six million viewers, like he yeah. was a phenomenon, like an absolute phenomenon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Very very interesting moment in time. Yeah, so you have another one, RDT. Uh,
1: I'm gonna go Oscar Pistorius. Oh, very, <laughs> just uh, you, hey, you guys have people who have killed people on your team, so I had to. I had to round it out. So, just a very scary guy, no legs, disavow shocked, that comment him through the door. Yeah,
0: I mean, what is what is that for Banks's team? What are you
1: talking about? That's just a. I, I don't remember out. his whatever. The I think it was the first pick killer Ish. pick. But, you know, the really, you know, anyway, find, find a new slant. Oscar Pistorius.
0: <laughs> what a pick, Banks! Let's get off this. Let's get off. Uh
2: that. Terry Razier.
1: <laughs> scary Terry. Okay, yep. good one. I like
0: that. That's fair. Yeah, That's I scary. like that. <laughs> scary Terry. Was that off the Little dome or game. Did you have to him down? That's off I almost took Mean Joe, Joe Green. In that vein. Almost Mean Joe Green. I yeah. almost yeah. took Mean Joe Green in that vein. Um, I'll take. I'll stay in the MMA thing. I'll take Chuckle Dell. There was a point in time where Chuckle Dell, with like the whole look and the persona, was like the considered like the baddest man on the planet. So I'll
1: take him what show is he on
0: uh
1: right. bms <laughs> was he on blue mountain state yeah he was on was Bill on that show
2: yeah he um the the one guy hallucinates him when he eats the expired uh <laughs> the expired uh what are they uh
0: like fruit roll-up dicks or something <laughs> there's a lot you. of there's a lot of mma guys that could have been on this list uh, all right, let's do it. Uh, RDT, Mike Tyson, uh, Albert Bell, Mike Vick, Kimbo Slice, Oscar Pistorius. Thanks, Ray Lewis, Randy Johnson, Nolan Ryan, um, Ovi, and uh, Scary Terry Me, Brock Lesnar, and Tanya Harding. and Maybe the worst pick in the history of any of the drafts. Uh, Terry Tate, uh, Ivan Drago, and Chuck
1: Liddell. My, my honorable mention right? list may be uh, better than our drafts. Okay. I got, I'll start. I go, I go, I got Barry bonds. Almost took Barry Dion Dion again. Anytime the ball was in his hands. It's personal um, Dante Hall. I thought that was a good one. That season he had Interesting, the, human, yeah. jo-
0: the human joystick.
1: Yeah, that was awesome. Lawrence Taylor. I almost picked LT. Yeah. Um, scary for a variety of reasons. OJ. Scary. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin Hester in the same kind of, Realm is Dion and and Dante Hall, um, Kobe. I thought Kobe was again when he had that
0: absolute yeah, assassin,
1: the killer instinct on the court. Um, yeah, I mean
0: MJ's in there too.
1: Yeah, MJ, um, Shaq maybe. I, people, I, a couple of lists I read had Shaq. It was like, he wasn't. Yeah. There were some
0: Shaq like big man, like I read like some Charles Oakley,
1: like some of those like rough and tumble guys, Phil Lambeer, Phil Lambeer. Yeah. Bill Ambeer, Bill Ambeer, yeah. Um, I'm surprised neither of you guys took Tiger on Sunday. Like that seemed like a.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know. It's just tough to put a golfer as scariest
1: athletes.
2: Yeah. It's, my mind just didn't go there. That's all. Yeah, yeah, me neither. That's
1: a I right there with banks. Just did not go there. Um, I had Joey Chestnut. Again. <laughs> just scary, maybe. Um, Sean Merriman, I thought was terrifying. Like, like and, then, yeah. and then and then I almost took the picture of Sean Oakman. Not like Sean Oakman, <laughs> the player, but just the picture <laughs> of Sean Oakman. And yeah. like you don't you, that's that's all you need. That's all you need. Um,
0: I had Bolt, Usain Bolt. Hmm. I, I stayed in the lane. Like, yeah, that was, months. that was, that was like a, from a, like a, a performance. Like it was scary what he did, like yeah. watching it. but he seems like a fun loving dude. Like there's nothing actually scary about him. It's just his performance.
1: Great, great, um, main event with Kenny Maine when he tried out for the Giants as the wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't catch it. He couldn't catch it. He was so slow when he put the pads on.
2: I um I definitely tried to stay in the lane of that, like, menacing stature, like, just a mean dude. Um, Steven Adams, I think, falls in that bucket. Yeah. Yeah. Just a guy who, like, it came down to, like, who would you not want to fuck with? And I think he's very high on that
0: list. Yeah, I had, like, uh, some other fighters, <laughs> like, Francis Ngannou's who's in the news right now. He's
1: up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deontay, oh. Wild- Deontay R- Wilder. Deontay Wilder. Rampage. I think Rampage may be like Ramp, the most Ramp- intimidating good persona. Yeah. Ever. Um had like a pit bull and his traps are just like massive. Yeah. You, you, um, John-
2: you could like single out single moments like Matt Harvey with the with the bloody more. and life. Like just a single moment. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. No, I was I could I was gonna continue to rip off MMA fighters. Like Anderson Silva was a scary dude. Mm-hmm. Vitor Balfort was a scary dude. Um I mean, the, 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 you could go through boxing and MMA for a while on this, I think.
1: Ali, obviously. like.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of heavyweight
1: boxers that fit, like Riddick
0: Bowe. And, the Klitschko uh, brothers. Klitschko brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Rock and Anthony, Anthony Joshua. Seem Baldwin Baltimore's finest. Lennox Lewis. Um, uh, Jokic could find, kind of fall in that bucket, too. Man, is Jokic good, as my fantasy team is quickly I don't think he's like, scary, Couple though. I do know, boys. Can't say the same for some people. Am I right, B? That's not correct. Everyone's, not everyone's got fantasy basketball wins. Uh yeah, Jokic Jokic though, it's like it's like it's there's some people that are scary with their their precision of how they do things. That's where he would that's the category he would fall yeah.
2: into. Yeah, alley would be through the other. I also between him and
0: his brother, like you could have picked the brothers. Really yeah. 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 I would not screw with those guys either. Yeah. yeah. I'm those not
1: guys. scared of Jokic. I'm scared of his brothers. Like. Yeah.
0: It's probably why. Yeah. That's probably how
1: he likes it. Yeah.
0: Um. All right. Nick Hinder-Medley, Maryland, person <clears> of, the <throat> of the week. We'll briefly uh, get through this, and then we'll end the show here around the one hour mark. Uh. RDT. It has
1: to be Matthew Perry. That is the mm-hmm. hardest I've taken a celebrity death in a long, long time. Friends is. I think Friends is my number one TV show of all time over The Office, over, over anything else. Like uh, Friends is is by far my favorite. And Chandler just the, being the sarcastic guy on that show was like, I don't know if you guys know this about me. I'm a very sarcastic person. Um, so all his lines and deliveries are just so good, I, th- I feel like. And and such a great show. Again, people clown on it. I think it's fantastic. I've always loved it. I have the box set like literally have the full dvds and just roll through the box set um so obviously that death was very sad and, and all the stories coming out about it he had a troubled you know he 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 had run into addiction problems and alcohol and stuff like that and from all the stories and stuff it seems like he had gotten his life on the right path and and was helping like i didn't know you know hank hank azaria i think is his name who was in is it brockmeyer was that the show Remember the baseball? Yeah, he's a the Simpsons show? guy. Yeah, yeah, Simpsons, and he was on Friends, and and you know he's been in like he's one of those guys who you're like, oh yeah, he's been in everything. Um, you know, he had said Matthew Perry had taken him to to AA meetings and helped him with his like addiction stuff, and he seemed like a really really good guy, like you know, and and there's been a bunch of like his old interviews that have come out about like, oh, when I die, I just want to be known as like you know, I help I helped as many people as I can and stuff like that. So that was a really really sad one. And again, I mean, I spent hours and hours watching friends over over my last 34 years and 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 that was it's weird now like we're getting to that age where like people we watch in tv shows are dying like i saw a picture from the sopranos and obviously they're older but like you know like everyone from the sopranos is like almost dead now like there's a a lot of the main characters it was like a picture of all like old mobsters i've never seen the show obviously but um, again, you know, Michael K. Williams from from The Wire and some of the other guy, you know, some of the other actors that we're seeing die. It's just, and again, like Perry being, I mean, he's only 54. Like that's, it's 20 years older than me. Like he, he didn't, he's not that old at all. Um, but re- very sad circumstances, again, seemed like he had really turned his life around and and was was a good person. And again, I mean, he was on my favorite TV show. So that was, that was a very, very tough we you know, couple days and, and reading and seeing everything is, is really really sad. So had to give it to, to Chandler.
0: I don't I was never a big friends person, so I can't really add to like that part of it. But so I mean, good. Obviously an icon in that show and um was sitting with people um was sitting around with people when that broke and like it was like a, everyone was like shocked was like oh my gosh. I brutal.
1: legit I legitimately like said out loud, Oh my God. And Jojo was like, what? And I was like, I, I said, I was like, Matthew Perry died <laughs> thinking she would be like, Oh my God, really? <laughs> like a four year old's like, what Chandler? And she just said, no, he didn't. <laughs> I was like, no, he did <laughs> So yeah, it was, that was tough. And again, a lot of people, I mean, again, it's massive, massive show. Massive show. It,
0: massive it. show. They just get to rewatched constantly. Over yeah.
1: And over. Yep.
0: RIP Matthew Perry. Thanks.
2: Um, I'm going to give it to, to Movember. We're heading into Movember here. I'm going to be shaving my face. I'll be growing on a mustache. I'll probably be popping a link out there to, to raise some money for, um, I believe prostate cancer is, is generally what that's for. Um, so I'm going to get that going. Might be doing it with some coworkers as well. So get involved, you know, if you want to do it too, you know, join the, join the club, but, uh, it's for a good cause and it's, it's fun to show up to Thanksgiving with, uh, with a little furry guy on your upper lip
0: very nice good pick um i'll finish it off here we talked about this before we came on recording but uh maryland basketball returns next tuesday which is uh important to all three of us um and uh hopefully they will be um good uh sort of a fringy top 25 team right now and i have a lot of pieces to potentially make a run and and kind of build on last year so nothing like a great night at the Xfinity Center, uh when it's when it's rocking in there. So hopefully there are many of those nights as we roll through the season. But you know, Jameer Young, Juju Reese, Dante Scott kind of anchoring the thing with some exciting freshmen, Deshaun Harrismith, Jamie Kaiser, Jordan Geronimo transfer from Indiana, supposed to be very good. So um could be a fun year in college park. Very excited for it.
1: Those awesome. script jerseys are
2: yeah, those script jerseys are awesome. They're mm-hmm. very yeah. clean.
0: Yeah, very, oh, the very whole nice.
1: the whole uniform set though, even the new yeah. like the new ones, everything yeah, is man. it's very very clean. It's 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 awesome looking. So
0: yeah, uniforms are in a good spot. Um, really shout for out. both teams, yeah. football yeah. And,
1: and basketball right now. Shout uh, out to uh, Ben Nash, our guy. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. he's yeah. doing. <laughs> shout out. Ben. No, Ben is
0: very much involved there. Big shout out to to our to our guy, Mr. Nash, Maryland, the we love, equipment down there,
1: down there, and um, and then yeah, the the Gold Rush is that, is that what we're calling them, the football ones. Technically no,
0: gold rush only applies to men's basketball, but that's much more of an internally based thing than anybody is recognizing uh-huh. outside. But um, no, they're just gold. The gold gold script Terps, so big right. game against Penn State on Saturday. We'll uh, we'll see how that turns out. Uh, Terps in gold football for the first time since they wore the like Maryland Agricultural College throwbacks back in like twenty sixteen or fifteen. Oh. Or whatever that was. Oh, yeah. The gold, gold helmets with the black numbers with the all – yeah. Those so. were weird.
1: They play, <laughs> did they play Michigan? No. Who
0: they play That Yeah. Then? Uh, no. Somebody uh, – like Michigan State maybe? <sighs> somebody like that? It was uh, – I think. I think. So – that's your that's your but yeah, excited those, yeah. Those uniforms are very clean. Hopefully the merch that comes out with them is is nice too. That comes out, I
1: think I, think I saw I think I saw one of them at Dick's, like the jerseys, and I was looking yeah, at Yeah, the jerseys
0: are out. And then there's they're gonna be really, another really merch, cool. I think, that will come out with it. So and that'll be a cool game. All the game is surrounding of like the left So you're gonna try to get lefty to come back. He's obviously up there in age, but they're gonna try to get him um to come up to the game, I believe. So um that should be cool. Uh that's our show, fellas. Very nice to jump back on. Nice, nice chat. Um, and I hope everyone enjoyed their Halloween. Make sure to go back and listen to all of our shows at an instant analysis post uh, Ravens Cardinals. If people are still jonesing for analysis about that game, by the way, and I need to go back and watch more of the game. I just have not had time. What I heard about this broadcast crew.
1: Was,
0: oh. oh my God. Was truly horrifying. And I need to go consume that for myself. So I will be doing that at some point hopefully before Sunday. So on the instant analysis Sunday, I can give my take on that because I, I, it, the ever, it was not just you guys in the art group chat were like going off. And then I was just hearing it from other people. I just had no way to watch the game.
2: I, I wish I, we could on like do the, the impression like that, that you're going into it with the idea that it's bad. Oh, like I wish you could listen to it more organically. Organic, Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: It's yeah. Again, like I, like I had it on and I was listening to it, and but I was like on the computer and I would like look up and be like, what? Like, what What are they talking? I, it sounded awful. The production was terrible. Like everything about it was just.
2: Yeah, God. I made a point to you, Eric, in the conversation that um, having done the Arena Football League a little bit and having a producer in your year that will feed you like talking points or yeah. questions at some point. At no. one point, it was just like the most clearly force-fed thing where they came out of a commercial break and they're like oh yeah josh dobbs has played for like five teams or, or something or whatever you know he's battled and he stayed and whatever and then <laughs> you see first down play happens and then um ross the tucker. guy asks yeah ross tucker like so you were a journeyman in the league? you did a little of this like what's that like it was just so obviously like
1: yeah, yeah not it, an
2: organic conversation there was no rapport between the two it yeah i don't know it was all-time weird
1: yeah, it was bad. It was really, really bad. Like I said, I saw other people popping off about it too so I was like, all right, it's not just me. like it's not and it's not just our group chat. so yeah good luck listening to that, Taylor.
0: can't wait. can't wait. um as we talked about earlier in the show, jumbo set Spenny and Jake came on, chatted about the uh, the trade deadline went. Did their normal in-depth Ravens thing they do week to week, which is great stuff. Uh, Ravens preview coming back over the next couple of days, leading into Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks game on Sunday, and then we'll have an instant analysis post Seahawks as well. Um, anything else to plug, fellas? Before we we get out of here, I don't think so. There you have it. I love I love that I didn't miss anything. Sometimes I'm worried I miss stuff, and nothing nothing this time. Uh, follow us on social media. Um, at x 2 podcast on all of your social media platforms. Um, you can follow Eric at E D I T T I 22, Banks at Barstool Banks, me at Taylor Smite 10. You can follow Jake at Jake Luke, L O U Q U E is the last name. And you can follow Spending at Ravens 4 Dummies, the number four. Between Ravens and Dummies, very much appreciate those guys. Appreciate our sponsors, um, especially our friends at Jimmy Seafood, Fed Thrill as well, um, Black Hat Susan Spice Company, all of our great friends to support the podcast and we will see you next time on the exit 52 podcast presented by jimmy's seafood